Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Angie Nisbet, and welcome back for season two of the podcast, Married to the Land, a podcast sharing stories of our everyday rural women, their journey from the beginning and how their path has let them become married to the land. A small disclaimer before we start, these recordings are done with the help of the internet. And as some of you will already know, the internet connection in rural areas can be a little difficult. So there may be areas of this recording that have a very small lag time. With most podcast guests, they're usually through someone contacting me or nominating them. My guest today was exactly that, a friend who admired and was inspired by this special woman. Robin McPherson has had a transition into living rurally and through job opportunities has gotten to where she is today. Robin is a new mother and finds her inspiration from people she works with and now with her new little family. Robin, what a delight it is to sit down with you today. Thank you so much for joining me for season two of Married to the Land and welcome. Thank you so much, Angie. It is such an honour to be on here and I think um, these podcasts that you are recording um, are really, really, you know, they're such a good thing for rural women. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited and I was thrilled when, um, when Nikki dubbed in. So um, let's start right at the beginning um, where I like to start with all, all the beginning of the podcast. So um, just for our listeners, um, can you just give us a bit of an idea of um, where your journey began? So where you grew up and a little bit about um, um, home for you um, in, in your youth? Yeah, so um, I grew up halfway in between Mackay and Ellie Beach. So we were in like a really pretty part of the country. Um, and it was just myself, my older brother and my mum. And um, yeah, we went to a really small primary school with, I think maybe at the most it had about 30 kids. And then um, high school, we went just down the road and there was about 300 kids there. So we were really lucky to live in a really, really beautiful little community. Um, and yeah, we spent you know, so many days um, down the creek and playing with friends and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much how we grew up. It was really lovely. And you uh, have a, a brother and your mother and you, were you guys pretty close? Um, I'd say while we were at school, it was all a bit, you know, like teenagers and that sort of thing. But since finishing school and, um, you know, my brother was living over in WA for a while and he's now down in Tassie. So mum's still in Mackay. We're all pretty spread out, but... Um, we are all fairly close now. Like um, my brother's got a little girl as well and we've got a little fella. So it's so nice for us all to get together now and um, and catch up and everything. And I guess we're all a big part of each other's lives. It's really nice to um, to have, you know, them there to support me, especially because, you know, like we're on a station, so we're pretty isolated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um Rob, I just want to duck back. So um, during school, did you have any idea of what you wanted to do upon finishing or like where where was your compass sort of leaning towards? Um, oh, gosh. Well, as a kid, a very little kid, I always wanted to be a dolphin trainer, but <laughs> that never eventuated. But um, I don't know. I guess there was always a lot of... Um, a lot of pressure from teachers and family to go to university. So I thought that was a be all end all. If I didn't go to uni, well, you know, I wasn't going anywhere in life. But um, I had a few friends that had um, horses and little cattle farms and I absolutely loved going to their place and um, and seeing all that sort of stuff. But I never really thought that that was a really, a real career opportunity for me because I just thought, well, you know, that's just, you know, a job that's not going to get me anywhere in life but um 
Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea and I just thought, yeah, I, I don't know. I just wasn't sure where to go. I think it's such a big decision to make when you're so young and it's, you know, it's really hard to to decide, well, I'm going to be this for the rest of my life when it's not. You know, everyone has so many different jobs through their lives. Yeah, it is difficult, isn't it? And I think I remember being in that same situation, you know, everyone else is picking what courses they're doing and you're just going, I've got like, I have no idea what, what I want to be doing. So it can be pretty, um, pretty full on time, but you did manage to um, find a job. So what was your first job um, leaving school? Yeah. So when I finished school, I, um, I ended up working for some family friends of ours, just doing a bit of admin and a bit of an all rounder, picking up parts and jumping on the forklift and that sort of thing. And, um, and I'm really grateful for that because they did put me through a bit of training and, um, and they really had a lot of opportunities there for me, which was really good. But, um, I am grateful to have had that experience in admin because I can take that when, you know, eventually we'd like to manage a station one day, I can take that those skills along with me but um yeah I guess I did love the work I was doing because it kept me busy but it was also definitely not what I wanted to be doing um in the long term I guess. Mm. And so how long were you in that job in Mackay for Robin? Um so I think I was in that position for maybe a year and a half two years and then I moved along to um a transport company just doing admin work there again for maybe about the same time, a year and a half, two years. Um, but, and yeah, after that, that's when I started on stations. It just, I loved it, but it wasn't the right thing for me to be doing. Mm. So talk us through through that transition of, um, you know, living in Mackay and then stumbling across your nannying job out at Winton. Yeah, so I um, I was in a relationship in Mackay and when they went south, I just thought, well, this is my chance if I don't go and have a go on a station now, I'll never do it. So I um, I chatted to a few friends who had done nannying and gubbing and that sort of thing and just kind of got a bit of an idea off them. And I'm not too sure how I found um, the family that I worked for, but um, I had a few phone calls with Jodie and then I just, yeah, she was really great on the phone. So I thought, well, may as well do it. So um, I was really, really lucky. Um, the family that I was with, was just amazing they welcomed me into their home and it was just like I was part of their family and it was just fantastic I was super super lucky to be with someone like them um yeah I I can't thank them enough for everything that they did for me and can you tell us about like that trip out there Robin like is that the furthest um west you had been like were you shocked were you sort of like what am I doing or were you just like I'm I'm just gonna have a stab at this yeah, I was a bit, I think I was super excited, but it was only 900 kilometres from home, which I say only because we do, you know, much bigger days than that now. Um, but it was the biggest trip I'd ever done. It was the furthest west I'd ever gone. And I remember planning the trip and I thought, well, if I don't get the whole way in one day, I'll just stop in air, which is only 300 k's down the road. Absolutely ridiculous. Like you just do 900 k's in a day, but I was just you know, I had no idea about that sort of thing. And um, I actually had a little Hyundai Getz when I first started nannying. And that little car was an absolute ripper. It got me all the way out there, went on all the dirt roads and everything. It was fantastic. But um, I guess I was really, really excited. And I, yeah, I had a long, long trip to think about it. But it was, it was a really good starting point. I know a lot of people um, 
because when you're nannying and governing, you're um, working so closely with not only the kids but also the parents. So if you don't all gel really well, it, it can be really tricky for both parties. So I was really lucky to have a beautiful family. Stick with us. We'll be back after the break. I've discovered something truly special, something that's made a real difference for my family and countless others. Now's the perfect time to talk about becoming a part of the ICPA, Isolated Children's Parents Association. Let me share with you what I have found. ICPA isn't just an organisation, it's a lifeline for rural and remote families just like mine. As a parent, I really understand the challenges we face to ensure our children receive quality education, regardless of where we live. The ICPA is our educational voice, tirelessly advocating for equitable access to education, opportunities and support at every stage of our children's learning journey early childhood right through to tertiary education. Membership isn't just for those in rural and remote areas, it's for all of us who care about ensuring every child has a fair chance at a great education. Whether you live on a property, an itinerant worker or simply have a connection to rural education issues, your voice matters. Don't just let this opportunity pass you by. Now is the perfect time to act and to join the ICPA community. With 45 branches across Queensland and branches across the country, becoming a member is easy and you won't regret it. I know I haven't. Just head to icpa.com.au and sign up today. Let's make sure our children's voices are heard loud and clear. So talk us through that job role, Robin. So what did your days look like? Or can you give us an idea of of how you filled in your days? You know, you see hundreds and hundreds of posts on um, on Facebook of of young girls wanting to do nanny and governing jobs. So, you know, where what advice would you give? And and yeah, as I said, explain to us what your days were like. Yeah, so um I was I was lucky. Um, I had a little cottage to myself, which was next door to um, the family's house. So I had all my own kitchen, bathroom, my own space, which was great. I could go home of an afternoon and not have to think about the family and that sort of thing, which was I'm really grateful that I had that space of my own. Um, I, I can't, you know, I probably do nine or 10 hour days and, um, you know, you're just looking after the kids. And I think because it was a job, I was so pedantic about it all, making sure the kids were eating all their food and they were, you know, had manners and everything. Whereas now being a parent, it is so tiring doing that sort of work. And I can see as a nanny and a govy how it kind of, when it's your job, you are so onto things. Whereas now I'm like, oh, you know, if he doesn't eat all this food, well, he'll eat it later. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, you know, the little girl, I had a little girl who was three and a little fella who was 18 months and we did e-kindy a few days of the week and lots of outside activities. Um, you know, most country kids are real outside kids. Um, they loved their horses and the parents were fantastic in that they wanted the kids to be um, you know, a part of their working lives. So we'd take the kids, you know, we'd go mustering and have the kids there on a pony and in the buggy and that sort of thing, or they'd come and do the potties and all that sort of thing. So it was really lovely. Um, and yeah, I guess like it didn't, looking back now, it didn't really feel like work because you just, you know, you're these two 
little kids that I was looking after, you just play all day with them and have a few snacks every now and then and that sort of thing. So it was really, I had never, I didn't have any experience working with kids. I hadn't been around babies or children much at all, really. And, um, and I just slotted into that role really easily. So I really, really enjoyed that work. And I think about it now and I'm like, man, I was crazy to go out and do that sort of work for a family I had no idea about to be so isolated like I wouldn't even know like once I got out there I felt super isolated but you just don't think about these things and I'm so thankful to have had that experience but um I guess if I was to give advice to um someone who wanted to go and be a govy or a nanny um I guess maybe do a bit of research about where you're going because the station that I was on it was just myself and the family so I had to put in a like a huge amount of effort to make sure that I had a social life. So um, I was really lucky. I had another govy Meg just down the road and we'd go to tennis Wednesday nights. We'd meet up at camp drafts. We'd go to races and that sort of thing. Um, but there's a lot of places where you are so isolated and it might just be you and the family or you might be lucky and be on a station where there's a whole stock camp. You've got a cook operators and that sort of thing so do a bit of research about the place that you're going to and what you think might suit you um it's all well and good thinking oh you know I'm going to go up north and have the time of my life but sometimes you just don't gel with the people that you're with and that's fine if you're if you're not happy with the family well you can move on it's not it's not quitting or anything like that you've got to do what's right for you and when you're in that sort of um, situation where you're working so close with that family I think you've got to do what's right for you because it can it can turn south pretty quickly for both you and the family that you're working for. Mm, that's a really good attitude to have Robin and great advice about you know doing your research on on where you're going because um, you know there's so many you do hear the horror stories of people rocking up to nanny and governing jobs and just going what was I thinking so um, that's yeah that's some really valuable advice um, from you. So let's talk um, your time in Winton. So I, I got the impression that you went along to a few um, social events and that's where you did meet a fellow who you can can now call your husband. So how did you guys meet and, and tell us a little bit about um, Angus and where he was working at the time? Yeah, so we my local camp draft was when I was nannying was um, at Winton and my bosses were on the committee there. So I was helping out that weekend and um, I just remember seeing Angus. He was on a horse and he had a big mop of curly hair sticking out from under his hat. And I was actually um, checking out his head stockman and then I, he jumped off his horse and he was very, very short. And I thought, well, that's not going to work <laughs> for me. Um but I saw Angus with a big mop of curly hair and um, later on I saw him up at the bar and um, I had a few rums under my belt, as everyone does, and um, and I just went up and chatted to him and I'm usually a really, really shy person and won't go to chat to anyone at all. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I really believe everything happens for a reason. So, um, yeah, we just hit it off really well and um, and... I actually was in an arm wrestling competition that weekend at the draft and I came second. So I always tell him that must have been what roped him in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he at that time he was at Kalula Station, which is about 100 k's north of Cloncurry. So we were about 600 k's apart. And, um, yeah, so we did long distance for a bit. And, um, yeah, it all, you know, we built and maintained our relationship doing, you know, long distance and, um 
you know, I guess it sounds a bit cheesy, but distance definitely does make the heart grow fonder because, Mm. you know, when we did long distance for a year and a half and it was so bloody hard, but it was so nice. Like finally seeing each other after a few weeks or months or something like that, it was just the best feeling ever. Um, But yeah, we, yeah, we're really lucky, I think, to, um, to have met each other, you know, out, out there. Yeah. And so uh, talk us through um, you finishing up your nannying role and then um, you stepped into station hand work. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I would have loved to have stayed um, nannying for the family that I was with. Um, But I just, I really wanted to give give it a go in the stock camp. Um, That's really, that was what I wanted to do. And it was just through a friend of theirs, they helped me um, find a job. And I got my first job in the camp up at um, Malungra, which is about 100 k's north of Julia Creek. And um, and that was really, it was a really fantastic job. Um, at the time, I, you know, it was super hard work. We were super busy and everything. But looking back, it was one of the best years of my life. We had some huge, huge days, but... Um, we had fantastic horses to ride. I I think that's where I really built my horse skills um, there at Malunga, just riding so many different horses. And Kim was fantastic um, for giving advice and helping out with that sort of thing. And you, we went to a few drafts that year and you could always rely on Kim or Evan being there at the camp with you, choosing your beast and helping you along and that sort of thing. Like they were just fantastic for that. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, it was a fantastic year. And Again, we yeah, we were super busy. So Angus would come across after working all week and um, we'd have a horse in the yards for him and he'd jump on a horse and work with us all weekend and then go home again. But, um, yeah, it was a really fantastic year. Mm, I think, um, uh, yeah, I know Kim and Evan and they are very generous people and, um, you know, they're they're more than willing to help you or to give advice or, um, you know, and, and they are huge in that camp draft scene. So, um, you know, they love they love people who are passionate about their horses and doing that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it would have been a great first station hand job. Did you find anything, like learning anything, or did you find um, certain jobs just weren't for you or did you just sort of take to it like a duck to water? Um, gosh, I guess most of the camp that year, I think maybe all bar one, um, everyone was first year. So everyone was learning together. So I guess there wasn't, um, you know, we were all at the same level. Um, I am absolutely, I was and still am absolutely useless on a two-wheeler. I will take a horse over a two-wheeler any day. But um, I don't know, I guess I just gave everything a go. And um, we also had a really lovely old fella, Neil Walker, who was at Crowfells, which is the outstation for Malungra. And he was just really fantastic. He could step around a mad cow for an old fella. He was incredible. And he, you know, we'd all be working flat out in the yards trying to get the job done. And he would be happy to pull everyone up and stop the whole show just to show you maybe a better way of doing something or, you know, just a different way or just really hone your skills. And that was, you don't get many people that do that. He was really really fantastic in that way um but I think I just gave it all a go and I think that's what you've got to do like I I didn't grow up you know anywhere near cattle or horses I had no experience with that and you I think you've got to be really open-minded if you mm. want to do that sort of work you've just got to give it your all and if it doesn't work well it doesn't work and if it does well good on you and keep going yeah 
Yeah. So um, I said to you before, Robin, but yeah, I, I did a year at Mulunga and I don't know what the season was like when you were there, but the year that we were there, it was pretty dry. And I think um, I'd have to go back and I wrote it down somewhere, but we, I think the first six months of my time there, I was, if we weren't mustering, we were putting out lick on an old blitz truck all day, every day from sun up till sundown. And it was full on, but I tell you what, a beautiful place in the world to, to work. I want to transition into 2017 because it became a massive year for you both as you both started working together and then you also got engaged. So talk to me about um, where you started working together and then um, love to hear engagement stories. So what's yours? Um, yeah, so 2017, we Angus wanted to, um, he wanted a job as head stockman. So we found um, a position. There's not a lot of places. I think they're a bit hawky about taking on a head stockman and um, the partner being in the camp as well because, it, you know, it can get pretty heated at times um, with some people. But we um, acquired a job on a cattle station in the Queensland Gulf on Dunbar Station. And um, the season there didn't start till pretty late. So we had a few months of contract work and then, I think it was the 20th of March. We were the first people to drive in um, on that road, so from Mareeba there, and it was still really wet. All the creeks were flooded and everything. We were, looking back now, we were crazy to have done it, but um, we got in. I don't think we started mustering until April, and we were done and dusted by September. So it was a really, really short season, but fantastic. The station has um, the Mitchell River running through it, which is full of saltwater crocs and barra and bull sharks. Um, every bit of water on the place has a croc in it. We'd run fence lines and always have a fishing rod behind the CD of the ute and, you know, you'd catch a barra every time. It was just heaps and heaps of fun, heaps of clean cattle. We had a quad while we were there and did a bit of bull catching and, um, and just fun stuff like that. Like we just had an awesome time up there. But Unfortunately, the season was super short, so um, it wasn't year-round work, um, and that's what Angus and I were chasing. So we ended up taking a job at Flora Valley over in WA. So it's in the eastern Kimberleys there. Our boundary was the Northern Territory, Western Australian border, um, and our closest town there was Halls Creek. So it was a pretty big place, and we stayed there for two years, and it was a really intense, busy few years but it was great for our, our career for both of us. Um, but, yeah, we got there at, I think, the beginning of November and did a few weeks and then we went on holidays and went and visited my brother. Um, he was um, in Perth, so we went there, went down to Margaret River and, um, and we'd kind of been, oh, well, I kind of knew Angus was going to propose because he was acting super awkward all day. Don't they always? And we went to this place... <laughs> Oh, it was it was just painful. Like we went to breakfast at this cafe and he was like I was just sitting there chatting and he wouldn't wouldn't hold a conversation with me and it was so funny. The poor bugger, he must have been so nervous. But it's a question that, you know, 99% of the time you know they're gonna say yes. But um but yeah, we went for a little walk and it was right on the water and um yeah, he, it wasn't really a big speech or anything. He just got on one knee and said you know how I love you? Do you want to get married? And it was really sweet. Um, but yeah, we were super excited. Um, it was a really big step in our relationship and yeah, really, really nice. Oh, that's a lovely story. Um, Robin, so 
I do want to talk a little bit about Western Australia. So um, just in comparison to Queensland, um, distance-wise, you know, you said you were um, just outside of Halls Creek and for anyone that hasn't been to Halls Creek, it's it's a whole nother kettle of fish. Like it's it's just not your average average small town in Queensland. So talk to me about the community. Talk to me about, um, you know, that work situation. Talk to me about um, cattle numbers, et cetera. Yeah, so, um, so Flora Valley, I think it was about 2 million acres. Um, we were only 110 kilometres from Falls Creek. That was our closest town. Um, but it took about an hour and a half to drive there just because the roads were quite, it was all dirt. They were quite bad through hilly sort of country. Um, and, yeah, it was, I, I don't know the stats or anything like that, but I it's predominantly an Indigenous community. So, um we really struggled, I think, while we were there with the social side of things just because we were so busy and didn't get away or anything like that. But, um, yeah, we did feel quite isolated there, I think. But we had some, for the two years that we were there, we had um, some really great people working in the camp with us and our managers were really great as well. Um, we we really had to put in a big effort um, to be social. So there was another station um, just over the border in the territory. I think they were about 500 k's from us, but they did a Easter party, like a barbecue for Easter every single year. And both years we did the thousand kilometer round trip for a one night barbecue just to catch up with people and yeah, and you know try and meet some new people and socialize. And you, I think you've just got to do that sometimes for your mental health as well. Um, you've just got to put yourself out there, really. But um, it was a really, really big eye-opener being in WA um I think everything's a bit different over there we found especially the camp drafting is quite different um but it was it was great we're glad that we went over there while we had you know didn't have kids or anything holding us back I guess yeah yeah and when you um talk about um things being different is it as far as um, they just do things differently or or um, just, you know, I know in Queensland camp drafting is huge. So, um, yeah, if, just explain to me what you mean about that. Yeah, so um, I think I guess I kind of see Queensland as being a bit more I don't, I don't know what the word is, but built up. So WA, like they're just the cattle weren't most of the cattle weren't worked on horses a lot of them you know it was the first time they'd seen a horse so they when they haven't seen a horse before they don't have respect for a horse they don't want to move off you or anything like that so that was a bit tricky um they um it's just oh gosh I don't really know how to explain it I guess people in Queensland take camp drafting a lot more seriously um WA it did seem like they were a lot more into their rodeos over there and camp yeah. drafting was more of just a sort of a weekend sport for mm-hmm. a bit of fun have a go and that sort of thing but um it was great there are some really fantastic camp drafts that we went to over there um but it was just different you know yeah and Robin did you get um much opportunity off the station to go go and explore or did you head over to Broome or um any of those of those areas I wish we did. We were absolutely flat out. And when we did have a few weeks off, 
we would always go back to Queensland and catch up with family and friends because we just we never didn't really get time off very often um so we did not see much at all unfortunately and there's so many beautiful places over there and I wish we did make a bit more of an effort but when we did have time off it was the wet season so Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get around up there when you know in the wet season a lot of places are closed roads are closed and that sort of thing so we didn't really have much of an opportunity to go and explore and do a bit of sightseeing but we also didn't really I think if we did have a weekend off we kind of put our feet up and relax and have a beer just because we were so buggered but um yeah maybe we'll get back over there again in the future Mm, yeah it's a beautiful part of the world so hopefully you can put that on your on your bucket list to go back and have a look around um so I want to talk to you guys about your transition back over into Queensland and so um you now at Glen Ormiston back over in the sort of southern part of of Queensland um so what made you decide to come back over over this way yeah so well since speaking to you last we've actually just moved next door um so we've had a absolutely hectic few weeks but um when we did come back over to Queensland and took the job at Glen Ormiston we weren't we weren't looking to go anywhere but we just were offered this position and it I think it just felt right for us as a growing family so I think oh gosh I was maybe 20 or 30 weeks pregnant with Sunny at that point and we just thought well we love Queensland and it'll be so nice to go back there and the position um so we work for NAPCO now who Angus has worked for previously and we knew what the company could offer us um Angus knew the managers at Glen Ormiston so it just felt like the right thing for us to do um and it definitely was it's one of the best moves we've ever made um we, I always say that we, Angus and I, never do anything in halves because everything we do just seems to be so bloody hectic. But, um, yeah, we made the move in the wet, which was just crazy. But, um, yeah, it is, it's the best move we've made in a long time. So we're super happy to be back in Queensland. Yeah. And so you were saying that you were quite heavily pregnant when you moved. And then that was also when COVID started to hit. Um, and as you said, you're moving. So it would have been a pretty... Um, I suppose tra- not traumatic, but a just pretty stressful time of your life. So, talk me through, um, you know, having your son Sunny, and and then of course, I think Angus, you said, had an accident, so he was out of action for a little while as well. Yeah, we moved mid February in the middle of the wet, and then um, we had to we ended up having to leave all our gear in our car, our float, and the station truck. Um, at Herbert next door because the river was up. So we just packed a bag and um, Angus and I and our little Jack Russell jumped in um, the station, Glen Ormiston station plane, and um, we had to fly over. So, yeah, it was a bit hectic. So when you live rurally or remotely, um, your doctor likes you to be near the hospital um, about four weeks before your due date. So the plan for us um, was for me to go back to Mackay and Angus would drop me there and then a little bit later on Angus had come back to Mackay as well and we'd waited out together. But, um, yeah, two days before we were meant to make the trip, um, Angus had an accident in a bobcat and um, ended up crushing his leg pretty badly. So he got flown out with the RFDS to Townsville and um, 
and then I was really lucky. Um, everyone there, when the accident happened, everyone was just fantastic. They were so supportive for both Angus and I. It was really, really good. Um, but my manager flew me out and um, to our car, which was just across the river, and then I drove to um, Herbert and he flew to Herbert and helped me pack everything for Angus and myself and for our baby as well and go through all our boxes in the truck and everything. So that was a bit hectic, but, um, yeah, we got sorted. And um, I met Angus in Townsville and um, he had a really good surgeon who did a really good job on his leg. He's still got a fair bit of recovery to go, but he's doing really well. Um, yeah, we've, we've, yeah, really thankful um, for the surgeon and the doctor that he's got at the minute. But, um, yeah, we stayed a few nights in Townsville and then, when he was discharged, we went to Mackay. Um, so we stayed with my mum in Mackay um, and she's a nurse. So she was all over it. Her and all her friends organised a wheelchair and all this stuff for Angus because he couldn't put any weight on his leg for six weeks. So mm. the poor bugger, like, you know, any country fella, they're so independent and capable and it'd take the poor bugger 10 minutes to get up and get a glass of water and it just, it killed him and it killed me. It was looking back now it's a really really um tough spot in our lives but at the time you just you dealt that card so yeah you just have to go with the flow and and keep on but um yeah that was super super hard but um yeah about a week after we got to Mackay I think all the COVID stuff started so I'd planned lots of shopping and brunch dates with my friends and that sort of thing and then that's quickly got squashed but um yeah we ended up going from I think about 1.7 million acres to being quarantined in my mum's apartment so that was really tricky but um yeah we I think I ended up going two weeks overdue with Sunny so we were stuck inside for quite a long time um which was a bit a bit hectic but uh you know we got through it and um yeah we I think the same day that Angus went for his six-week review of his leg, um, I went in to have Sunny. So it all it all worked out in the end, and we ended up staying in um, in Mackay for two weeks um, after we had Sunny, just to make sure we had a good grip on things. And um, and we drove back to Glen Ormiston. and we did that over two days. Um, but we were really lucky. Like Sunny, he was fantastic in the car. He just slept the whole time. He'd wait for a feed, and that was it. Um, so that was really good. And when we got to Glen Ormiston, because of um, COVID rules, um, the company made us quarantine in our house for two weeks. Um, and it was actually really, at the time, we thought we were having our throats cut. But it was actually really nice because Angus was pretty much bedridden. He just lay there all day with Sunny. And they had the absolute, the craziest bond, like, I feel like I'm meant to be the mum, so I should know everything that's going on with Sunny. But Sunny would squawk or make a noise and I'd be like, um, Gus, what's wrong with him? What is, does he need a feed or what? Like he was just all over it, like the friggin' best father ever. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really nice to see the bond those two had. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think about after two weeks, um, Angus was right to go back to work and, um, yeah, it was just me and Sunny at home. Yeah, so talk to me about that, going from, you know, working full-time, Robin, to then becoming a mum full-time. How has that 
How has that been for you? Um, and also, you know, being out on on a station. Um, yeah, that was that was one of the hardest things for me. Um, I did a few years in the stock camp before I had Sunny. Um, I was even pregnant with him while I was in the stock camp. And, you know, I absolutely love that work. I love riding horses. I love working with cattle, all that sort of stuff. I really, really love it. And, you know, I was so proud to be doing that job. And then to go from that to pretty much working for this tiny little baby, you know, they tell you when you will sleep, when you'll wake up, when you can stop eating your lunch to feed them and that sort of thing. That was really, really hard for me. And it you know, I kind of thought, well, if he's sleeping, I can go and jump on a horse or, you know, I can do what I want. But when you have a baby, you don't realise how much time that they require, even if they just do sleep, eat and poo, you know, like they are just absolute time wasters and they do need so much of your time and attention. And, and that was super hard for me. And even now, like there was probably about a month of sunny sitting up but not going anywhere and then now he's just full on you know like I joke to Angus all the time that we need a little portable potty pen for him because he's just so full on you know like I'd love to go out and ride ride my horses of an afternoon but that kid would be under the horse's leg in no time you know like I think the transition was really really difficult and it still is difficult but you know we at Glen Ormiston we had absolutely amazing managers who have kids of their own so they were so um, supportive of me um, and Angus, and we had a really amazing cook there, Becky. She was she was just kept me sane. It was so nice to be able to go over to the kitchen and have a chat with her, or she'd take Sunny while I'd go for a walk, and just those few people we had there that were just fantastic with Sunny. And it was so nice, even though you are so isolated. It's when you're on a station like that, it's a little community and everyone was just so beautiful and we're so grateful to have been able to brought, bring Sonny up there for the first year of his life because, gosh, I don't know what we would have done without all of those people. We were super lucky to have them there with us. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next, Robin. So your support system, um, you know, is there many young mums around um, around that Booyah area or, um, you know, have you found it hard to connect with other mothers um, in, in, a, in a rural um, and remote district? Yeah, so um, I guess, you know, in saying that being on a station, I think there's about 12 to 15 of us on um, at Glen Ormiston. E- even though there are all those people around us, it is you know like the kitchen's just next door to our house but it still feels like sometimes it's just felt like you were the only person there and you were so lonely and that was really hard as well but um we have a really fantastic mums group in town so there's I think when I started going to mums group there was I don't know maybe about eight to ten of us with kids and babies and now there must be something in the water because everyone's falling pregnant again but um, there's a really amazing group of ladies in town and on stations around us. And, oh, it's so, you know, I'm still getting to know all of these people, but it's so fantastic having them around us. Um, it, yeah, just to have that little support system, even if you don't chat to them all the time or you only see them once a month, it's still nice to know that they're in the same boat as you. They're on a station, they're isolated, they've got kids and, yeah, it's it's 
I'm really lucky to um, have all those people around me and, yeah, it, it's just fantastic. It's really good. Mm. And what's a, what's a day in a life of Robin look like now? What What's your, you know, what's your schedule? What's your routine? Yeah, well, um, so as I said earlier, we've just moved next door to Herbert, and um, which is the outstation for Marion. Um, so at Herbert, it's just me, my husband Angus, and our little fella Sonny. There's no one else there. Um, but now it's it's totally different to what we were doing at Glen Ormiston, um, just with not having people around us. But it's kind of our own show now. We had a lot of freedom at Glen Ormiston. Like, we couldn't have asked for better managers. But, our, um, you know, we get to make our own decisions now. We have a lot more freedom. And I guess, um, you know, Sunny's up at 5.30 every morning. So um, we're up all having breakfast together. And then um, we've had a mad week of unpacking and cleaning and tidying up. But there's still a fair bit to do. Um, I guess it's just working around Sonny's schedule and making sure that he's fed and happy and then I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. And so where you and Gus and Sonny are now, how far is that from from Booyah? Yeah, so um, we are only about 70Ks out of Booyah now, which is really, really good compared to um, the one and a half hours that we were at Glen Ormiston. So we're super, super close now. Um which is awesome, you know. I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I can just rip into town anytime I want. Um, now we're, I think we're only about three and a half hours from Mount Isa, so that's really doable for me with Sunny now. Um, you know, Mount Isa's got a Woolies and a Kmart, so I think you're pretty set with those two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is a bit closer to town, which is really nice. Yeah. And Robin, tell, let's talk a little bit more about you. So, what's uh, wh- how do you get inspired, or what does inspire you every day? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I just take, um, you know, parts of other people that I see or people on social media. So, um, I guess I, you know, there are other people in our lives that, um, that we really look up to and I just take little bits from them I guess you know with our horses we see trainers um and friends of ours you know camp drafting and that sort of thing and we think well we'd love our horses to work that well so that gets us motivated in that area um I see people on Instagram with really beautiful houses and I wish I had a house like that so I guess it motivates me to keep our house clean but um I don't know I guess I don't know what inspires me really um yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, oh, we'll have a think about it and we can always add something in at the end. Um, and so what are your passions? Do you have a passion or, you know, in an ideal world, if you could, you know, offload Sunny for an hour or whatever, what what really, um, what do you get really passionate about? Um, I really love uh, riding our horses, although that's been a bit of a struggle since having Sunny, but that's something I really enjoy doing and, Angus is a huge horseman, so um, so it's been really good to have him there helping me. Um, I enjoy gardening. I'm not great at it. I usually kill everything, but I do enjoy trying to garden. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I guess I like being creative or just doing something, you know, like those sort of jobs that are really satisfying and that you get a, 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 an end product, I guess. Um, 
I don't know, catching up with friends, I guess. I'm a bit of a all-rounder, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good answer. I think um, you know, a few people have said that, you know, jumping on a horse is their sort of their meditation time or just time to themselves so um it's a great passion to have um I have a few other questions for you um do you feel like you've always sort of been a rural woman and being a rural woman what do you look forward to for yourself and then also for um for rural women in general um okay yeah so I don't feel like I always have been a rural woman I always considered myself a country kid because we grew up out of town but I think there's so many different versions of that, um, you know, depending on where you live. So I think since working on stations, I really consider myself a rural woman because I, you know, it, I do understand how how far it is out of town and how important online shopping is and how important it is to have really good friends around you or really good friends that you can contact um, and that sort of thing. So I guess now I do consider myself a rural woman, but um, I didn't for a long time. Mm. Um, what am I looking forward to as a rural woman? And well, I guess I um, I jumped on the Channel Country Ladies Day committee um, towards the end of last year, and I think that is such a huge thing for rural women. Um, I know it's only really. Um, based in the channel country or for ladies in the channel country but I think it's a huge thing because so many rural women don't put themselves first or even make time for themselves and that's so important because you know most rural women really keep the household running and if that's not a well-oiled machine everything else just falls apart and you've got to look after yourself to be able to look after everyone else to your best potential so I think that Channel Country Ladies Day, they've got such a good thing going there. Just, you know, they do little workshops like personal development workshops and creative workshops. And I think I haven't had the chance to go to one yet, but it'll just be such a great um, a great time for women to come together and, and it just be women because I do think you just sometimes you do need the company of other women. Mm, yeah, the Channel Country Ladies Day is a fantastic fantastic weekend and I couldn't um, highly recommend it more so I'm really excited for you being on that committee um, yeah and, and you know hopefully it goes ahead and and um, you can enjoy a weekend away um, with you know other inspiring rural women I'd also want to ask you who's been who do you think's been your biggest impact in your life or have you had a couple of people um, you know through your journey that have really um, you really look up to um yeah I guess I would say it's a couple of people um Jody Munterwit, who I nannied for, was just absolutely amazing. She ran her household and looked after her kids and, you know, did all this work outside in the paddock and she just did an awesome job with that. Um, and she just, she really, yeah, she, yeah, I can't thank her enough for what she did for me because she was really fantastic um, and I think she put such a huge importance on mental health which is for me it's such a huge thing especially since having Sunny so she really I take a lot from her um Neil Walker I mentioned him before he's awesome with cattle and horses and I he always has time to stop and have a chat to you and explain something to you 
Um, and Kim, her work ethic is absolutely amazing. She's so pedantic and so hardworking. And also my mum, I know, you know, when you're growing up, you don't think twice about the job that a mum does. But since having Sunny and I have the support of Angus and a lot of other people, mum, you know, she raised myself and my brother and she did it tough. She did it bloody tough. You know, she was working three jobs at, at, you know, some point in her life. And she always says um, it takes a village to raise a child. And she's so right. But she just did such an amazing job and hats off to her. You know, she's worked so hard for what she has. And now she lives in an apartment right on the riverfront and, you know, goes out every weekend and hats off to her because she's just done an awesome job. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, if you can have those people through your life who inspire you and and draw inspiration from, I think, um, yeah, definitely makes a huge impact on your your life and, and, you know, what you want to be and what you want to aspire to do with your family as well. Um, And so have you got any um, personal goals set for this year? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess I don't make too many big goals so that if they don't happen, um, I'm not too disappointed. But um, I do have a um, a horse there that I would like to put a bit of work into to be able to maybe take to a few drafts at the end of the year. Um, oh, what else? I guess I'm on the, um, the Bullier Camp Draft Committee, so I'd like to see um, a really good weekend of camp drafting come out of that. Um, some personal goals. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. We've just moved um, to Herbert. So uh, Angus and I are making a few plans of a bit of work we'd like to do there because it's really um, a bit, hopefully a bit more of a long-term position for us. So, um, you know, we'd really like to make that home for us and and get it looking the way we want it to. Um, I'm not too sure what else. Probably spend a bit more time working on me and for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, they're great, great goals. And, and, you know, you only have to have a couple because, you know, as a, being a full-time mum, time is very precious. So um, yeah, I hope you can achieve those for this year. Um, and what's the future looking like for um, yourself and Angus and Sunny? Where do you want to be? Um, you know, as you said, is, is Herbert going to be a long-term thing for you guys? Or, you know, if you look at your life 15 years from now, what's, you know what does that look like oh gosh um I guess we we want to manage a station one day that's what we're working towards um that's really the big goal for us both um and you you know we always say that we'd like to manage a station side by side so we want to do it together we and we're really looking forward to when we're able to do that um I guess we place a big importance on camp drafting not because we're any good at it just because it's such a huge social thing for us and that's that's what we do like that's our family holiday sort of thing so um I guess you know we'll keep camp drafting that'll play a big part in our lives um yeah working at Herbert um just doing a bit of maintenance and improvements there and um yeah making that a bit more friendly for us um gosh what else expanding our family definitely we'd love to have a few more kids but um that'll all come in good time I guess yeah 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 oh that I really hope um all those things things can happen for you guys which I'm sure they will um dare I ask Robin wet season it can be a bit of a um bit of a touchy subject for people but um just for you know where 
in the, well, I'd say the middle of our wet season for um, the area that you live in. So have you got under any rain? What's what's the season looking like? Is there green grass? Can you still just see that red dirt? What's um what's Herbert look like? Um, yeah, so we haven't had much rain there yet, unfortunately. When um, we're actually in town today for a working bee for the um, Camp Draft and Rodeo Grounds and we did um, actually have a bit of rain right on us just a, a little bit down from the house, which was really lovely. Um, but there's storms, you know, every afternoon for the past few days. So hopefully we get something. It's all some places, you know, it's it's widespread and it's patchy, but people are getting it. So hopefully it's yet to come for us and hopefully everyone gets the rain that they need. Mm, yeah, it is has been so patchy and um, you know, it's just trying to get under a storm and, and hope it's a big one for everyone. One more question before you we go. Um, one of my favorite things, and it I'm 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 huge, I'm massive into Instagram. I love sitting on there and having a bit of a scroll. Um, who do you follow? What's your favorite accounts? Um, you know, is there anyone that anyone that we can um discover together who's pretty cool to check out? Um, yeah, I Gosh, I'm probably all over the shop with this. I do love... That's all right. It can be whatever you want. (laughs) I'll probably get a few odd looks, but I really, I do love um, looking at the Kardashians. I think just because their life is so different to mine. Um, Who else? Um, Revy Jane. I really love the stuff that she does. Um, She's really fantastic. Um, Who else? Gosh, that's a hard one. Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I spend so much time on Instagram and I couldn't even tell you. Oh, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head right now. Putting the pressure on. <laughs> That's all right. Um, if you think of any, you can just shoot them through and I'll, I'll make sure I add those ones that you have mentioned in the show notes. So um, that's all good. Robin, look, it's just been an absolute delight um, chatting with you today and I really appreciate you taking the time. As you said, you are in are in um, your local temple. You're doing a bit of a um, working bee for the camp draft there. So I, I do appreciate you taking the time out. Um, and, you know, all the best to you and, and Angus and Sonny and your expanding family whenever that might happen. Um, and, yeah, I hope, I hope motherhood treats you well and, um, yeah, I, I really look forward to following your journey um, along the way. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much, Angie. It's been a real privilege to be able to speak to you today. If you would like to follow along Robin's journey and feel free to do so by Instagram, her account is at robo.mcpherson.com.